Hi, listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. In 2004, Daniel Yuen was 16 years old when he was reported missing from Sidhu High School, which was a behavioral modification institution for troubled teens in San Bernardino, California. A week prior to his disappearance, Daniel's parents received a phone call from their son who whispered to them, this is a bad school. This is the story of the disappearance of Daniel Yuen. Daniel Ewan is originally from Edison, New Jersey. His parents sent him to Sidhu School, a therapeutic boarding school for troubled youths. They decided to do so after he stopped attending classes during his sophomore year in December of 2003, following a breakup with his girlfriend. His parents took him to multiple psychiatrists who thought he suffered from depression, and one of them recommended the Sidhu School. Daniel's parents felt they were running out of options for helping their 16-year-old son, Daniel, who was both socially withdrawn and acting out at school, so they decided to enroll their son at a specialized school in San Bernardino, California, named Sidhu. So outside of obviously ditching school or not going, was he... What else was he doing? Well, he was also caught smoking, which was a big red flag to the parents, because yeah. um, they said that they never smoked. Nobody in their family smoked. So to them, it was just shocking. They didn't even know that he would even know how to smoke. Yeah. Friends, so maybe. <laughs> I'm sure. It was just it, all everything that he was doing was just out of the ordinary for their son because that's not who he was yeah, prior to this. Them. Right. So practices at Sidhu were intended to fix the behavioral of so-called troubled youth and included aggressive encounter therapies in which one student would sit in the center of an entire group as they laid into him in loud and aggressive way. Okay? What do you mean? So like they would just sit there and pretty much verbally attack whoever was chosen for that therapy. How is that? A, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard of so, something like that. Right. So there were marathon therapy workshops that would last for days and included sleep deprivation. And these treatments apparently were a big reason why so many kids ran away from Sidhu. I bet. I mean, yeah. who wants to get yelled at like that? Sleep right. deprived. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. So the Sidhu schools, there was one in California and there was one in Idaho. Each of them were located in a mountain wilderness and students soon discovered that they were just teenage captives. I bet it felt that way. I mean, yeah. you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Well, first it starts off as, oh, you know, it's it's in the mountains and, you know, the landscape and it's so nice. But then once they would arrive, that's when they would notice that they're now captives. Oh, that's so, crazy. Yeah. So Sidhu was a boot camp for youth. And Jose, you might remember these youth camps from back in the early 90s when you used to watch talk shows like Murray... Um, Geraldo, or maybe even Jerry Springer, you know, <laughs> like those really bad kids, right? Yeah, where like where there was straight, <laughs> right? There was always an episode where parents would go on the show and talk about their teens being out of control, mm-hmm. and then you know they would show the kids smoking or doing drugs, and then they would walk out on stage and they'd be cursing at the parents in the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah. I wonder if they still show show stuff like that. No, I don't know, nowadays. but you know, they would walk out and curse the audience, curse the parents, even curse the host sometimes, right? <laughs> and then the host will talk to them, and then all of a sudden, there's like this 
boot camp military like usually I, from what i remember it was like a big guy that would walk on stage and pretty much yell at the teen and oh, then yeah. like backstage you would see them like being thrown in like the back of a van they and show then, them all tough yelling right. at them mm-hmm. getting in their face and they'd be crying on their way out right well if you remember also once they would get thrown out like it would like fast forward throughout the episode and it'd be like x amount of months later and then the kid walks out and they're completely transformed right yeah, they're yeah. like all of a sudden well-mannered they're crying apologizing to the parents you know so that's exactly what Sidu promised parents okay Exactly like what those talk show hosts used to promote and show on TV. That's exactly yeah. what CDU would promise parents. So the average time of a student spent at a CDU school was two and a half years. Wow. I was just going to ask you that. Like, how long is this? Like yeah. Two weeks or like literally school no, replacement? No. Sounds like replacement. Right. <laughs> So the school year was year round and the original CDU program did not believe in use of medicine. So three times a week for four hours, students would attend RAPS, CDU psychology group sessions led, by the way, by untrained staff. So the people that worked here in CDU that led these RAPS sessions and, you know, these CDU psychology group group sessions. Yeah. They're all pretty much addicts in recovery. But they're not actually certified. They're not licensed. There's no actual real therapist there at CDU. Okay. None? Not even like the leaders or anything? Nobody. Really? And nothing against addicts. I mean, you know, but I expect somebody that's clinically trained, maybe working with them. Mm -hmm. So what did you mean by RAPS? Okay, so I read an article by Medium Anonymous called Running My Anger, The Legacy of the CDU Cult. So... Let me read you what he described as rap sessions. And I found this very interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. He used to, he was sent to CDU. Okay. Okay. And this is his experience. So a few times a week for an entire afternoon, residents were attacked into self-revelation. A rap session is described as peer counseling in one of CDU's impressively fictional brochures. In reality, children underwent Sunanan's The Game. From Cabinet Magazine, the game consisted of a dozen or so addicts sitting in a circle. One player would start talking about the appearance or behavior of another, picking out their defects and criticizing their character. But as soon as the subject of the attack tried to defend him or herself, other players would join the barrage, unleashing a no-holds-barred verbal onslaught. Vulgarity was encouraged, talk dirty and live clean, said Diederich. And so the other members would accuse the defendant of real and imagine crimes of being selfish, unthinking of being a no-good, ugly, deceased and I'm not going to say this part of the article, but it's a bad word, who was too weak to go straight and was too much of an asshole, junkie, crybaby motherfucker to admit it. Faced with this unrelenting group assault, the recipient would eventually have little choice but to admit their wrongdoing and promise to mend their ways. Then the group would turn to the next person and begin all over again. I can't imagine that. I Like, I would shut down down right and this again everything that i'm saying right now this is all from that article from medium anonymous so he also says there is one difference between raps and the game ours were facilitated by predatory adults attempting to uncover shameful secrets in students secrets most of us didn't have regardless after getting blown away we were forced to run our anger 
stare at the carpet and scream our brains out and make confessions. Once we had taken care of our feelings, a counselor bullying rage would move on to the next child. So this is like, yeah, so everything effective in any way. Right. So everything that I just read again, this is from he wrote this amazing article again. This is by Medium Anonymous and it's called Running My Anger. Mm -hmm. And this is somebody that went to CDU and he is simply explaining pretty much the ass backwards ways that this, you know, school, quote unquote, right, um, would be ran. And he even says that in this article that even though they call themselves like CDU school, mm-hmm. it wasn't a school. They didn't have teachers. They had teachers, quote unquote, but they weren't actual licensed teachers. Were they even like they- tried as teach academics no, in any no. way or was it just there was no academics like that was being yes in some way right and but it's all how i read from that article it's all pretty much just abusing kids and bullying kids yeah that's how he describes and there were it. two of these places one in san Bernardino. you said another one another i think another state in idaho in idaho right so that's how medium anonymous describe what he experienced during the rap sessions okay so the tuition at sidu get this was about $5,700 a month. No way. Yeah. So he even said it's as much as like a college tuition. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. And they're not getting any academics taught. It's just a lot of hard work and a lot of hard labor from what I read in that article. Mm-hmm. Like um, if they were caught running away, they would be forced to not talk to anybody. So they would still have lunch with everybody. But you couldn't look. You couldn't talk. You couldn't smile. Look at anybody. And then some of the punishments. Oh, you know, you move those heavy rocks from this side to that side. And there's no like for no reason. And once you're done, you move them back. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. So it's all things like that. But I actually do have a little bit of a fun fact about these type of schools or academies. But I'll tell you all about that after this commercial break. Oh, interesting. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wines month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts! We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, forward slash support the show and click on the wine of the club month link and sign up we will earn a commission you can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code holiday 15 to get 15 dollars off any four month club or you can use promo code holiday 20 for 20 dollars off any six months club which sounds like a win-win to me you get to stay home during this covid19 pandemic quarantine by yourself and your wines and they ship free what hey jose 
So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link. Okay, so I know I promised a fun fact when we came back from commercial yeah, break. I've been waiting. Right, but... Before we get to the fun fact, let me just tell you that a lot of these schools, the truth of the matter was that many of these facilities had poor trained staff, lack of license. They often ignore cries for even medical help. Okay, so these facilities didn't have licensed clinicians or psychiatrists doing the therapy. CEDU was no different than these other schools. And like many of these other schools, CEDU faced numerous allegations of abuse. Interesting. So I'm wondering how, like, I, I guess you were going to tell me if they're still open or not. I'm assuming they're not. Cedu is they're not. not. Cedu okay. is not. But like, how do they get away with being open even for a period of time? You'd think that mm-hmm. there'd be something, somebody checking on that for this type of institution, mm-hmm. right? Right. So why would Daniel's parents send him to a place that didn't have trained staff and lacked licenses? And then on top of that, pay so much money. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like it doesn't seem like it's a really good school. Right. Okay. So now... Let me jump back to my fun fact. So here's a fun fact about this. Actress Roseanne Barr and broadcaster Barbara Walters are among the rich and famous who have sent their children to academies, according to a spokesman review report in 1998. So that's a fun fact. Now you have these celebrities that are actually advocating for schools like CEDU. So to Daniel's parents, this seemed like, it yeah, was a good it's idea. Legit, right. it's, it's legit. It's a good idea. You have, you know, you have celebrities that are sending their own children, you know, and here's another little fun fact. And, you know, this one is, you know, I hope my dad is listening. Let's test <laughs> him out. Let's see if he's a true fan. You know, you had people not only like Roseanne Barr and Barbara Walters advocating for these type of facilities, but apparently... Even Neil Diamond's son attended CEDU. No way. And I, so I listened to this great podcast and the name of the podcast is The Lost Kids. And they take a deep dive into CEDU and into Daniel's case. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is our version is very high level. They go into this really deep dive and it's. A really good podcast. Yeah, already told me it's like multiple episodes of the same thing, right? Well, in this podcast, they also said that apparently Paris Hilton also attended CEDU. No way. So again, you have these, you know, high-named, high-celebrity people that are attending. So to them, I mean, if they're having that much trouble with their kid, why wouldn't you send them to CEDU? You know, when you're hearing all this great people yeah because famous I, people sending their own children there. Well, i think that most people that's a lot of money mm-hmm. most people the average person is not gonna be able to afford fifty seven hundred dollars a month to send their mm-hmm. kid to school so it's interesting but i what i find mo- most surprising about that about these celebrities going there or the kids of celebrities is that it hasn't been like brought up as a red flag and that they've well, been caught. actually 
Paris Hilton does talk about it in her new, I think it's like a YouTube documentary that she did about her life named This Is Paris. Really? And she does talk about that. Interesting. Okay, so that's the thing about, you know, places like these schools and, you know, like Sidhu. Mm-hmm. They preyed on families like Daniel's. So Sidhu preyed on desperate families that felt like they were out of options, which is exactly how they felt. Yeah. So Daniel's parents didn't know what to do with Daniel anymore. They didn't know how to help him. Daniel had been caught smoking, skipping school. His grades were slipping. And Daniel had even told his father in one occasion that he didn't feel like living anymore. Mm, that's scary. Yeah. To hear that as a parent. Right. You know? So Daniel's parents had taken him to several psychologists and they all had diagnosed him with depression. And Daniel was attending regular sessions with them, but nothing seemed to be working until one of them suggested Sidhu. And they looked at the brochure for Sidhu in which, you know, it showed this picture of their campus in California and Idaho. And it showed students hiking, shopping wood and studying. So Sido described itself as a therapeutic boarding school, a mix of academics and group counseling, which they describe as emotional growth. I wonder what that psychologist, like how they found out about it. You know what I mean? Like well, how they went about it. Are these guys like going, people from Sido going to clinical folks and telling about their school well you would need to listen to the podcast of the lost kids they actually go more into detail about this but Sidhu was actually born from another um little cult well it wasn't little it was a big cult um i believe it was in santa barbara really so it, this is Sidhu was kind of like an off branch of that yeah so a lot of i even in my research i read that a lot of people that were connected to Sidhu were also connected to that cult Interesting. Right. So, okay, the brochure stated that Sidhu had a great deal of experience with students that were unmotivated, manipulative, and lacking in direction. So because of all these promises that Sidhu promised, Daniel's parents were sold on sending their son to the Sidhu campus. Mm -hmm. So you just said, how can they afford that? Well, they dipped into their 401k and took a second mortgage on their house in order to be able to afford sending Daniel to the Sidhu campus because... They just don't know what to do with Daniel anymore. Daniel had expressed that he didn't feel like living anymore. Yeah. So as a parent, that has has to be desperation. And again, you have these celebrities sending their own children to campuses like these. Yeah. So why wouldn't you? You know, you would want the, the best of the best for your child. Right. So why wouldn't you take a take out a second mortgage, dip into your 401k, you're going to do whatever you can to help your child. Mm -hmm. On January 25th, 2004, Daniel and his parents took a flight from New Jersey to Los Angeles. And upon landing, they made a two-hour drive to San Bernardino to drop off Daniel at the Cedu campus. On January 25th, 2004, Daniel and his parents took a flight from New Jersey to Los Angeles. And upon landing, they made a two-hour drive to San Bernardino to drop off Daniel at the Cedu campus. But then, on February 8th, 2004, Daniel was reported missing in Running Springs, California, which is where the Sidhu campus was located. Really? So, Daniel left his school in the vicinity of the 3400 block of Seymour Road at around 10.45 a.m., saying he was going to go buy a pack of cigarettes. And he never returned. He took no belongings or identification with him when he left. 
Daniel told his parents that he was unhappy at the Cedar School and afraid of the other students and that he planned to run away. And Daniel did have a history of running away even back home. Really? So yeah. He's, has he, he's done it before then? Mm-hmm. So the school reported Daniel as a runaway to the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office. The Cedar School had a private investigator named Keith Raymond um, search for Daniel. So... This is a school that actually said that it was common for them to have runaways. So much so that they actually worked with this private investigator, Keith Raymond. And they were the ones that suggested for Daniel's parents to reach out to Keith because he finds everybody that runs away from Cedar. That's interesting. Right. I mean, it's not surprising for a school like that, for a kid. And then that's a troubled kids. Mm hmm. That that would happen, right? That's yeah. I guess that wouldn't be a red flag if I was a parent, right? right. But I mean, knowing everything else, it's kind of it kind of is in hindsight, right? Right. So Keith had experience in finding Cedar students who frequently ran away, and there were possible sightings of Daniel in the Hilltop Community Park in San Diego, California. So a month after his disappearance, witnesses reported he was panhandling there. So Keith brought sent dogs to the park and the dogs indicated Daniel's scent was present there but really? a search of the area turned up no sign of him so the Cedar school declared bankruptcy and closed all of its seven campuses in the spring of 2005 so its financial insolvency came about in part because of lawsuits filed against them by unhappy families with the way that their children were treated at the school. See, that makes sense. I was wondering, like, mm-hmm. how if they're charging so much money and they have a lot of kids? Yeah, no. These parents started filing lawsuits because kids were coming home and expressing what they experienced there. Yeah. So while many people have praised the school, surprisingly enough, for providing valuable help to troubled children, there have also been allegations that CETO students were abused. And this is what I found very interesting during my research, because mm-hmm. you do, you come across like the article from Medium Anonymous, where there was a lot of shady things going on. Yeah. And why wasn't it stopped? Um, there was a lot of abuse. And, you know, he even claims it didn't help him. He's still trying to live through that trauma. And in that podcast, The Lost Kids, they even said how they talked to people where it affected them in a bad way. But surprisingly enough, they also talked to some people that they said that Cedu saved their life. Really? Yeah, which is what I found very interesting. To me, even when I used to see these in talk shows, I mean, I was terrified of my parents. I feel like, I was borderline pushing it with my parents to the point where I'm sure (laughs) they wanted to send me to a school like this. And the only reason why they didn't is, again, because these facilities were so expensive that I felt like my parents didn't have the money. Um, Most people don't have the money. That's really expensive. (laughs) And, you know, and it was but it was always my fear. It's like, oh, my gosh, one of these days I'm going to wake up and they're just going to throw me in the back of a van, you know, and I'm going to wake up in a facility. I was in fear for myself and my brother, you know, but Daniel's family was one of those that filed a lawsuit. So Daniel's not the only CEDU student to have vanished without a trace. Really? Yeah. So there was also um, Blake Persley that disappeared from CEDU campus in 1994. And there was also John Inman in 1993. And Mm -hmm. neither of the boys have been found. So in December of 2018, Keith 
the private investigator that, you know, Sidu recommended to Daniel's parents. Right. He ended up getting a voicemail from an unknown person who spoke about Daniel. So the caller said, Daniel Yuen is fine. Daniel Yuen is still in the same area where you originally searched. He doesn't want to be found. He doesn't want you or his parents looking for him. Now, Keith went back to San Diego to that same park and he searched where he had searched before. Right. And he showed an age progression picture of Daniel to employees at the park. One employee thought he recognized Daniel. The park employee stated that Daniel had been in the park that same day that Keith arrived. Okay. Really? Yeah. And he said that he had a Caucasian woman with him and a baby girl. When the employee spoke to the man and asked what neighborhood he lived in, he acted nervous and left with the baby. So... Mm. Keith spoke to more witnesses in the vicinity who recognized the couple and the baby described by the park employee. Mm -hmm. And Daniel's parents have emphasized their son is not in any trouble with them whatsoever or with the police and that they only want to verify his well-being. His sister, who was 12 when he disappeared, is also eager for answers on Daniel's case because even though there was this sighting of Daniel... yeah. Nothing ever came from it. That's terrible. He hasn't been found. Nobody really truly knows what happened. Daniel's parents took several trips down to San Diego trying to look for their son. Mm -hmm. And there was just no leads. That's really And hard. there's also some shady, sketchy things around this private investigator that, again, you have to listen to The Lost Kids. It's a great podcast, and they definitely go more into detail about that. But unfortunately, like I said, the only thing that Daniel's family wants is they just want to know that he's okay. They don't know. They feel that he's still alive, mm -hmm. but they don't know. They just want to know he's okay. Yeah, I hope he is. And then the other two. So there's still nothing. They're just gone cold. Right. So because Daniel has been sighted here in San Diego, we're going to go ahead and we're going to post that um, missing poster where it has Daniel's picture. And it also has that age progression picture of Daniel of what he might look like today. And there's also a phone number for our listeners to call or anybody that might have any information on this case. Because like I said, this family is just looking for that closure. They just want reassurance that Daniel is okay. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And please don't forget to support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcast. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.